Sarah, I'm so excited. We have a riding buddy again this week. Well, it is your co-host X. So I I have mixed feelings about this, but I am pretty happy to. Welcome to the podcast, Kelly. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Back to, I should say, welcome back. (laughs) Is it awkward? Do we feel like a little tension? Is that what's happening right now? I, a little bit. Well, (laughs) I'm working, I'm working through my jealousy issues. It's okay. It's good for me. It's challenging me in new ways. But I just say like, I love you both, but for different reasons and in different ways. So no need for jealousy. That's fair. (laughs) Um, Okay. Last week, I want to start where we left off last week. Oh no, wait. I wanted to ask you guys first how you, like how you guys first met each other. I'm curious about this story. Yeah, okay, this is actually really awkward because we've talked many, many times and we had never met in person. And then at the Outspoken Conference, I was like, oh shit, is this really awkward? I'm just like standing here talking to her and I haven't. So then I was like, hey, Sarah, I'm Kelly. And she was like, what the fuck? Like, we've talked. <laughs> we, I thought we had met. I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, I thought we had met. Yeah. Because one of those, you see the other person's name, you just, right. I feel like I knew you. Right. Which is why I was the natural, you know, rebounds co-host for this podcast (laughs) oh my gosh i i feel so redeemed right now because sarah do you remember how i kind of forgot about our first meeting like at that dinner with darren oh yeah yeah that's okay yeah so now i feel like this is full circle there you go amazing At least I'm not the only one. Okay, so we played a game last week at the end of the episode called I Rock Because. And actually, when we were on our feisty team huddle last night, um, we they wanted to play I Rock Because. So we did like a whole group I Rock Because. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good game. Um, and we're going to play with Kelly in a minute. But first, we have, um, we got a voicemail from a listener who tells us why she rocks. Hi, my name is Molly. And I rock because I'm an amputee. And I was gifted a running blade last fall by CAF. And I finally have learned how to use it. And my running pace is finally starting to come down. So I rock. Thanks. Hey, Molly, you rock. (laughs) We shall clap. (laughs) Yay! No, honestly, that is really awesome. Please send us... Uh, reasons why you rock. We all need to celebrate the little things or the big things, whether it's, you know, uh, running, feeling comfortable with our new prosthetics or doing our taxes. <clears throat> or not, not doing our taxes. <laughs> uh, Sarah, would you like to tell the audience anything? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a, in a Canadian way. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so last week when we did I Rock Because, I couldn't think of a reason, and I was, and I was right actually in the middle of doing my taxes, so I said that I, I rock because I did my taxes, thinking that like by the time the episode came out on Friday, I was going to be done doing my taxes, but I was not. <laughs> so, does that mean that I don't rock? Yes. Did you do them? No. no. You well, still haven't like, done them. They're still halfway done. Yeah. Well, I rock because I tell the truth in this. <laughs> I rock because I can admit when I am wrong. Oh, well. Ooh. Kelly? Uh, yeah, you guys, I really, I was like staring at you blankly. Uh, I couldn't think of anything. And then, okay, I rock because 
I started training again, like for yeah. real. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's amazing. Thing. Yeah. You're in Boulder, right? <laughs> yeah. So I had to start training. They like made me when I got here. I'm pretty sure once you enter the town, if you don't, you know, exercise at least two hours a day, they right. kick you out. Yeah. yeah. That was, that's my understanding. So. Awesome. Okay. Well, coming up on the show, we have a raccoon update. We have, we're going to talk about triathletes traveling to train the lawsuit against Iron Man. Kelly has a rant. Kelly's mom gets in a Twitter fight and Sarah's mom plays with fire after this. And our regular listeners will know that if we were riding and all things feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. So I was on a call uh, yesterday. So today's Wednesday. So by Friday, though. So this week, same week this podcast came out with um, one of our feisty sponsors. And he mentioned that he wanted a raccoon update. So, and then just as we started recording, my raccoon friend, for anyone who's uh, a new listener, do we get new listeners? I don't know. But in, in case you're that one new listener, we, <laughs> we have a, I have a raccoon that walks at, that walks past my window a couple times per day, very, very close. And she's, we, we reckon she's getting food for her young or something, but she's, it's very, she's very close. She's very sweet. She's like my pet raccoon now. Um, anyway, so my raccoon update is that she has a new path. So like right behind my place, there's, um, there's some like shrubbery, some flowers and plants. And then there's a big tall stone wall. Um, but today she walked like a tightrope walker, like across the stone wall. Um, and she was moving much more quickly than usual. Cause usually when she's on, in the plants, she's like quite close to us humans. So she walks, she's a little scared. And if you open the door, she's like, she's kind of jumpy, but along the wall, she was like all confident galloping along. So she's found like a new path. I'm, I'm assuming she's going to our garbage to uh, collect some food. That's my assumption, but is the garbage lid open? No. It, although every time I go to throw my garbage in, I think of her now. Because so like, there's going to be that one time where it's actually going to be like you said, Sarah, and I'm going to have yeah. to like wrestle the raccoon on my face. Yeah. Raccoons are like, don't make friends with the raccoon. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Well, Sarah had a pet raccoon as a child. No, I, I, I wanted a pet raccoon. <laughs> we had a family friend who had one named Rocky. And I was always very envious of it. But we almost, we almost ended up with one. The problem was my dad was worried about rabies. Anyway, things you do in upstate New York. <laughs> mm. oh, your dad had a valid concern, though, I think. Right. <laughs> ah, rabies. You can just get a series of painful shots for those. <laughs> but a raccoon pet, you know, that lasts a lifetime. Or however long a raccoon lasts. <laughs> the raccoon's lifetime.
Well, we had we had a bunch of voicemails this week, um, and we won't have time for all of them in this episode. So if you send us a voicemail, we will play it. It will probably be next week. Um, but we did hear from Brenda, so let's hear that. Good morning, Sarah and Sarah. This is Brenda, and I am calling today and leaving you a voice memo uh, about... The subject of triathletes training in small Ironman communities. I live in Lake Placid, New York, which as we all know is triathlon heaven. And many people love this community and race here year after year. But this year, as almost all Ironman races have been canceled, ours was just announced canceled last week. And what I have noticed is that there are still groups of triathletes coming up here and in large groups and having training camps, although there is no race and no need to train. And what I want to put out to the podcast listeners is a plea to be mindful this year in going to small race communities and think about the impact that you may have on those communities negatively. Lake Placid is 2,300 year-round residents in a very isolated part of New York State. And what that means is we have a total of 40 hospital beds for the entire county of Essex. And we only have two ICU beds and no ventilators. And so we put if you come to our community to train, not knowing whether or not you are a carrier of the virus, you put this community that you love at a higher risk. And we have been able to have low numbers of the virus, but primarily because until the last three weeks, we were pretty much on lockdown like the rest of New York. So I wanted to put out uh, for a discussion topic, the safety of our race communities, and that we should all just take a year off and think about the health and safety of the members of those communities we love so much. Thank you for the interesting discussions. Bye. Thank you for that voicemail, Brenda. And so this one definitely resonated with me. Uh, I grew up in upstate New York. We would go to Lake Placid. Yes, it's known for the Ironman, but also it's uh, a little hub of tourism. They really, we went through there to go hiking. Um, there's some incredible uh, mountains around. Oh, and I, I feel you. The, the small town, uh, the fear of, of COVID coming there and seeing people realize, feeling like you know, this is non-essential travel, bringing them to my town, potentially bringing uh, COVID. It's, it's a legitimate fear. Um, you know, this is something that I live in a pretty small town now. We have very few cases and we're, we're contending with uh, the Dartmouth College students coming back in the fall and just trying to sort through that. And I'm, I'm realizing that it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. We, we have fears. It's legitimate. Um, but I also realized that like my job doesn't depend on the students coming back to town and a huge part of the Lake Placid community relies on tourism, huge part of, uh, you know, the Hanover community relies on the students and for some people that's their livelihoods. So what can we do as athletes to kind of balance, you know, the, these legitimate concerns with the economic concerns of people in the towns we live 
Um, you know, is traveling for sport essential? I would say probably not, but we also have to kind of step back and realize if we live someplace where we are able to go outside and train, it makes us feel normal. And, you know, if, if somebody has been in a city in Manhattan, you know, living through the lockdown, they want to feel normal too. So their way to be able to deal with that is probably to go to places like Placid um, and to have a training weekend. What hopefully everybody is doing is before you travel to a new town, if you have the ability to take uh, a test to make sure that you are not an asymptomatic carrier before you go someplace, please do. I, you know, if, if you can possibly reconsider training trips right now for the foreseeable future, that's great. But also we have to be compassionate and realize that, you know, sport brings a lot to our lives and hopefully people are doing it in a responsible way. Um, but it's, you know, it, all this stuff is really hard, but we, just trying to be understanding of where other people are coming from um, while trying to balance our fears. All this, none of this is easy, but uh, yeah, before let's really think about whether or not travel to train is essential. Um, you know, I think I, I personally have been disappointed to see a lot of my peers going state to state, even country to country uh, for different training venues. Um, How you know, are people traveling across country right now? How is that even possible right now? Uh, well, athletes who were in Europe, uh, uh, who are no longer in Europe, athletes traveling within European countries, um, you know, how we contain a pandemic, a huge part of that is minimizing travel. And we all have to think about whether we can do our part um, and trying to minimize the spread. And if you have to travel, make sure you're COVID negative before you go on a trip. And maybe, re, re, maybe rethink the road trip unless it's something that's absolutely essential. So I am not, Kelly, I'm not lumping you in on this. <laughs> I see oh, you no. getting nervous. Oh, oh, because we had to drive across country to move. Because you had yeah. to drive across country to move. What? Moving for your job was essential. And you get the pass for me, but all this is complicated and I, I get it, Brenda. Um, yeah. Road trips are huge this summer though. Everyone's like RVs are sold out from everything I'm hearing. It's road trips are big. It's and disappointing it's, to me. It's partially because it's a thing people feel like nobody's, no, I mean, air travel sold out, right? Like, and so people feel like they can be safe in their RV. They're like, oh, if I'm in my RV, I can clean it. I can stay with my family. I can, I don't have to stay in a hotel. They like, ev I think everyone is doing their version of what they think makes sense. And now obviously some, <laughs> what some people think makes sense is um, fucking stupid, right? But like everyone's doing like they're what they think like logically in their head is like reasonable. And I think that's probably the case here too, right? Like, oh, driving up to Placid and like going outside to train. Like we know that going outside to train is a low risk activity right now, right? Like right. especially if you're by yourself. And so that like seems like, okay, then that's reasonable. And I think also, like you said, a lot of these people are coming out of hard quarantines. And if we want to think about the long term, if we want people to do what there's going to need to be done for a year, for a year and a half year, we're going to have to make it sustainable, right? And that means allowing people outside allowing them 
to do things that are good for their mental health, good for their physical health. Otherwise, you know, it's not yeah, going to last. I guess, I guess if you're going to take a road trip, wear a mask when you're, you know, when you're in public and get a test if you can before you leave and get Can a test get on tests? the other end. Are tests available? Is this a thing I'm not aware of? So tests are, that's a problem, right? So in the U.S., it's really regional. Right. Okay. Yeah. So where, where I am, it's fairly easy. Um, are they not in Colorado? I, I have no idea how anyone would ever get a test. So I, for, yeah. Can you even check? Before you went from California. Oh, no, you can't get one in California. Oh, that was my. not a thing. We're you could not, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you cannot get one in California. I'm not even aware of how you would be able to get one here. Everyone I know that's tried, it's, you, know, really? you have to have symptoms. Yeah. Or, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sarah Gross is just looking at us because Canada. Yeah. Does it, does totally it. different. This is Canada. <laughs> Did you guys see I got my Bonnie Henry shirt? Do you know who Bonnie Henry is? Yes. <laughs> Um, I was so proud of it when I, as soon as I found out there were shirts. So Dr. Bonnie Henry's like our medical director for the province of BC. And she's just done an amazing job here. And, uh, they started selling t-shirts for charity and like they sold out like in one day or something online. So then I heard it on the radio that the Dr. Bonnie Henry shirts were available that, again. And I got mine the other day. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, so really weird thing in our country. So Anthony Fauci, uh, right. he has become a sex symbol. Have you heard this? <laughs> So he's a man, he like, I guess if you like the, the silver fox thing, but he's probably when his seventies, you know, super silver, <laughs> super silver, <laughs> super silver fox, but the, it's a whole thing. Yeah. He also, um, he also gets like crazy death threats and like needs security now. Because, yeah. You know, so it's also, kind of a balance, insane, right? <laughs> because America, Sarah. Because America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, you know what? This I thought there was a testing, like drive-through testing, went across from my apartment in this like abandoned parking lot. Turns out, guys, it's a pot dispensary. Hmm. Of course, drive-up pot delivery. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> okay, to to just to turn the page a little bit here because I think our audience does want to know a little bit about this lawsuit against Iron Man. Oh, um, right. Kelly, what do you know about that? And and is it like is it legit? Could they win? No. <laughs> You're like end of discussion. <laughs> no. Uh, so a class action suit was filed against uh, Iron Man, World Triathlon Corporation, Iron Man, and Rock and Roll because they own the Rock and Roll races. It actually, uh, the, you know how in a class action suit you pick a case or two cases to be like your sample? Um, it's actually a Rock and Roll marathon that is the example case um, where a person signed up, it was canceled last minute, they weren't really given a refund, they weren't given a ton of, you know, they were told you can defer to next year on this set date, you know, and the person was flying and travel, it was, right? So they lost all their all that money. And of course, you know, if you're traveling to a race, maybe that date next year doesn't work for you, right? Like maybe that's not, like if you're told the state, it might not be um, possible. So that's the exact, so that's the example case. And, uh, and when you file a class action, what you're hoping is that it will get certified as a class by the judge. And then you can go out and find other people that meet those criteria. So clearly what they're hoping for here is that you know, they filed this suit saying Iron Man owes people refunds for canceling because of COVID often last minute. And they're hoping now to like go out and get like thousands of people for whom this has been the case, have a class and then, you know, settle. The thing is, 
like we've all signed up for races. We've all clicked that box that says, I understand I will not get a refund in the event of an emergency, right? So it really comes down to like what that waiver says and odds are like according to legal experts, I talked to a couple of like class action lawyers, there isn't, that's gonna be really hard to prove. Like there isn't a case there. If you, if you click that box, sign that waiver, you know what you're in for, you know, you don't have options. Um, obviously COVID's like kind of this weird circumstance. And there's been like other cases with like shareholders, you know, suing companies for like not like, like contracts not playing out because of COVID. So that, so like there is this weird thing where like is COVID covered in a contract? Is it covered by like a force majeure clause? Um, but the reality is like we all sign up for races knowing like shit happens, right? Like it might not happen. Um, I think really the problem here though, when you talk to athletes, because I get a lot of emails um, from athletes, some of whom think I'm in charge of Ironman. I am not. <laughs> You're not. Um, I'm not. Oh, Who are like okay. very upset. And I think like one, so I think Ironman's getting sued just because people are upset, right? I don't think mm. there's actually like a legal case. I think they're getting sued because people are angry, which I like and frustrated. And they're frustrated because we're all for, right? Because there's a lot of feelings in the world right now, but they're also frustrated because in a lot of cases, these decisions are being made very last minute or like later, you know, later than, than feels necessary, which like, I get that they're like balancing a billion. They have like 200 races, right? Like around the world, like they're balancing all the shit, but you know, we all knew Lake Placid wasn't going to happen this year. We knew that back in March, like, like we didn't need to wait. So they're, so they're waiting and that's frustrating people. And then the other thing that's frustrating people is that you have to wait until that decision's made to get your, you know, um, options to get like, here's your date that you can defer to, or you can go to next year. And then once that decision is, so you can't do anything before the decision's made, nothing. Like you don't have an option. And then once it's made, you're being given like, you can defer to next year's race or you have like one other, or you can do this other race on this date. Like you're not being given a refund. You're not being given like a blanket deferral, like take your entry to any event next year. Um, so those are the two things that are like really frustrating people. I think a lot of us feel like you, sh you there aren't, there are like, aren't going to be many reasons this year. Like you should probably just be able to defer like blanket across the board, right? Like that's probably what you should do, but there are reasons there's not, you know, Mm. That would be kind of, that's like tough financially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But overall, we think that it's not like you're the experts that you talked to when it's you wrote not, your story. Yeah, I don't think it's like illegal. Yeah. Right. I, I, I wouldn't mind digging into something that you mentioned though. Oh, you yeah? said you're, there are a lot of feelings and There's it sounds like you're getting, you're the, re, you're on the <laughs> receiving end of those feelings in your current role. Is, is that a correct assumption? I don't I think, think we told, sorry, I don't think we told, and get, sorry for anyone who oh, doesn't Oh yeah, sorry, rewind. Kelly is. Yeah. <laughs> She's the editor-in-chief of Triathlete Magazine. Um, so yeah. yeah, the context, context. context. So <laughs> as editor-in-chief, people think I'm in charge of things that I'm not in charge of. I actually, today I was like, I don't know if it's 40% of my job these days is like people yelling at me. I'd be okay if it was like 20%, but it's like, it's like a lot right now because I think people, and I think we all know this on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, people have a lot of feelings, right? Like there's a lot of pent up anger, a lot of pent up frustration, and it's just like coming out in places that like don't make sense, right? Like people are, and, and triathletes are very type A and they're being very extra these days. Like the amount of things that they're getting like 
upset about and worked up about is just insane. And I think you guys know that too. I think you're seeing it. I think everyone's seeing it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's Facebook is like way too much right now. Do you, do you have any examples? <laughs> give us some, give us a little dirt. For, for, for the reason you're yeah. on this podcast is for the juicy oh, yeah. gossip. For the juicy gossip. No, I used to ask Sarah for juicy gossip. <laughs> I'm terrible at juicy gossip. You terrible. actually have inside juicy gossip now no, because you hear, you hear all the, you hear all the like negative comments. And yeah, I mean, people are, I mean, obviously it's all, the other thing that I think is really tough and that like people don't totally get is like triathlon is a very, it actually is like a pretty widely diverse sport, like weirdly so, more so than I think is like automatically represented. Anyway, there's a wide range of viewpoints. So like we posted a story about like triathlon companies making masks now, right? Do you know how many people got upset about that? A lot of people got upset about that because like- we're Making sheep. masks? Yeah, because like masks are unhealthy. Yeah, because they were like masks are unhealthy, like you're sheep, like don't be sheep, right? And you're like, okay, like that's, like that's like not actually like, that's like the CDC guideline guides, like. Or we posted a story. This is the, this was our winner actually for the craziest. <laughs> Sorry, my jaw is still on the ground. Oh. Back no, no, okay. that's just, All that's right. just move on. <laughs> that's just, that's just normal. Like people have different opinions. Like, I mean, obviously that's true. Like, I don't know that you, <laughs> maybe you guys don't get that audience, but there's a large portion of triathlon that's like, guys, this is bullshit. Like this is made up. This is a fake pandemic. Like you're all being scared. It's overblown, et cetera. Um, which like yeah, those are the people I don't know. Like I really, I, I mean, you'll be shocked to learn. I don't. It, those people don't usually end up coming to me um, really? to talk. Weird. Yeah, I know. That's weird. Sarah, in in Canada, mm-hmm. you're handling things very differently than we are in the U.S. <laughs> in can I'm I am proud to be a Canadian on this front. Yes, really. Um, we still have like I've mentioned this a couple times. Like we still had like in Vancouver, there was still like I saw it on. Oh, I saw it on TikTok actually. <laughs> like a parade of people saying like wake up you know like the pandemic's right. not real um oh, so yeah. we have we do have bits and pieces of those things but we know it's not so widespread like on the whole we've um yeah you haven't know. had 130,000 people at least die from I yeah it's 200 now i don't know um yeah i mean obviously the problem is like top down right it's like creating a divisiveness when there like doesn't need to be Oh yeah, because our craziest. Here's my our winner for craziest. Yeah, winner. Thing somebody, I mean, I get a lot, but this is a crazy. We posted. We've been doing like we don't have races right now, so we've been doing these like weekly fun Q and As with like up and coming pros, so people can get to know them. We posted it. Somebody's comment was, "Who gives a shit about the pros? You should be talking to the store owners who were looted. Fuck Nancy Pelosi. Fuck the pros." <gasps> And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, you're like, that doesn't even, like, that's not even, like, a train of thought where you're, like, that, like, one thing. Like, that doesn't even, yeah. No, can't you just hit the hide button? Well, yeah, 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 you can. I mean, that's, like, so, anyway. Do they realize you're a triathlon triathlon magazine? Like, that we don't, like, cover politics, typically, unless they relate to, like, we don't cover legislation. Um, (laughs) Like... Oh, I don't, we get a little bit of it. Actually, we had a comment I heard today on um, Girls Gone Gravel about, um, now, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was about, oh, that we shouldn't, because they had sent out a newsletter, including like a bit about LGBTQ rights um, and being more inclusive in in cycling and in gravel. And as a response to the newsletter, it was like, basically, stop whining. Um, I'm a woman who, I'm a woman who, 
just went out and got what I wanted in life. You know, this kind of thing. Like I, I made my own path. I've been successful. Um, and if you're stop ask, basically stop asking for equality. But like, (laughs) if she didn't say those words, she said something really similar to that. So we do get a bit of it. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's like a, we've, we've heard those arguments before, right? It's the like, I was able to pull myself up. Why can't other people? There is no systemic uh, inequality. It's, mm-hmm. You're just like being a complainer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a thing. But That's honestly, okay, here's what's been driving me nuts. You ready? Ready. Ready. All right. So everyone has lots of feelings. It's fine. I deal with it. People like a lot. Sometimes those feel like their craziness is like it's rooted in like some something that like, you know, there's a nugget where like there's real feeling there and there's real point and that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Since things have gotten like, so everyone had all these feelings and then obviously like Black Lives Matter protests started and, you know, people started paying attention to shit that's been going wrong for like decades and decades and decades, which was totally fine. But it was also like completely predictable that like all that angst was going to get then get projected onto that, which I like, I'm going to like preface this with like, I 100% appreciate that like people are paying attention now to things that like have been wrong for a long time. And I think that's like great and like momentum can be used to like actually affect change now. But like, holy shit, if you just realize systemic racism is a problem, like stop yelling at everyone on Instagram. Maybe you need to pause and listen for a little bit to the people who've been like, like all of the people of color who've been working on this for a long time, all the people who've been doing the work. And it's like really frustrating when I see, and I see this a lot, when I see newly woke white women yelling at people who have been doing the work because they think like it's not you know you get a lot of like it's not enough you're not doing enough you're part of the you're because they like just went red white fragility because it was like on the new york times bestseller and they like and, and they're like very emotional about this and that's like completely fine but then they start to get in the way of the people doing the real work mm. and that's where i get really frustrated because then i feel like it's like a like it's it's exhausting one. It's using up bandwidth, and it's preventing actual conversations and actual change and actual right. Like, like if you want to have a webinar on you know systemic racism, and then people are yelling at you about how you're doing it wrong, that like makes you less inclined to do it, right? Or if in our case, like we have been trying to do, like, I mean, this has been true for a long time. This didn't just start being true. More diverse stories, like wider range of stories, like showcase more stories. And I still get like super screamed at when we're not or when, and like, I want to have a wider range of experts. Like we have a problem right now. where like, we draw on the same 20 experts and we need to have experts and coaches and like people we quote from other communities. Like that's true. And I've been trying to reach out, but I know that if there's certain groups that if I reach out and ask people for suggestions, they are going to scream at me about how like, I'm not doing enough. And like, I shouldn't be asking for that. Right. Like I should know. And that's literally preventing me from doing it. Does that make sense? Like that's like Mm -hmm. an obstacle then that is not helpful and is not productive. Yeah. Yeah. I've felt that. I've actually felt that a couple of times when when people have got, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anger. You're saying yelling at, but I I don't feel like I've been yelled at, but I feel people have got a bit push back a little and it's like you're I'm not the enemy 
like <laughs> yeah, this, this, like if you're picking a fight with, if you're picking a fight amongst yourselves about the best way to anti-racism, like right. you're not doing any, you're not moving forward, right? By like blaming and any, you're right. It's demographically typically white women who are like poking at each other, right? Right. <laughs> How and is it's this like, helpful? It's not helpful. And like, honestly, and I said this on Facebook and then I deleted it because I didn't want to get it. But I was like, the people who are newest to the party seem to be the loudest ones at it right now. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's not helpful. And, um, and part of me, I mean, we've been, <laughs> part of me keeps thinking like, did they just realize that racism is a problem or did they just realize like it's bad? I'm not sure. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like a little crazy. Um, anyway, it's been very frustrating and it's very exhausting and not in that way, like, oh my God, you know, I don't want to talk about racism anymore. That's like, because I'm tired of it. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that like, it's exhausting to have to overcome people trying to do, like people who are supposed to be like, we're all supposed to be working on this together, right? Like everyone, like it's all good and, you know, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think if we can try to use that energy to move things forward that normally involves following leaders. So people who are established in these spaces, who've been working on these problems for for years and trying to be good allies and advocates for what they stand for and the work they've been doing. So I've realized, you know, one of the downside of this age is we feel like we all have a voice and we need to express it. But a lot of the time, how we can be most helpful is finding the people who already have a very specific voice that they have that's well informed that ha, you know has years of experience behind it has bandwidth behind it and getting behind them instead of just being one voice you're you're adding to the collective and instead of you know fighting it's it's you know putting that energy where it is best suited like yeah. i think the the feel the feeling um I get it, but emotion isn't going to help affect change. Action does that. And how we, how we pursue action is by following the lead of people who are already in the space. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's like all you need whenever you have like a political movement, like you need all the people feeling all their feelings, but like, my God, you better not like stop it. Like, strong Instagramming like you need like actual legislative change and like and that happens through like very specific through the people that you're talking about who do the work and they need our support um Mm -hmm. I also think that like everyone needs to kind of recognize that everyone's working through this like everyone is struggling with all these things in their own way right like like immediately when there were massive protests like I lived in a heavily minority community before I moved to Boulder where there are no minorities um so during the protests, it was like heavily minority. And so I was, a lot of what I was hearing was that like, like white women, stop centering yourselves in this, stop posting photos of yourself and about how, like, just shut up and listen. So that was like, I was like, cool, totally down with that. And then it was like, well, why haven't you said you're anti-racist? Like you haven't said anything on social media. You're part of the problem. Right. And so it was like, and that's just an example, I think, of how a lot of us have been trying to work through like these conflicting messages where you're like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? That's, you know, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't always make sense. Um, it's tricky. And then, and then, you know, you want to support the people who've been doing the work for a long time. But also I was like, well, I know like Shauna Payne Gold, who's like an expert. I was like, I want her to come on, do some work with us and triathlete, like while everyone's worked up about this. But 
I don't want to like, I don't want to ask her to do more. She's probably super tapped out right now. It's like women of color who often have to carry like these burdens. I don't think mm. like we should be put like, so I was like, I was really split on like, well, do I ask her or do I not, you know, like, I don't want to burden her more. And so I think that, yeah. I think if we just assume that people are trying and they're all working through these things yeah. themselves, it's probably better than assuming that they like are terrible people, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. That's what, you know, we've been working through that, like at Live Feisty and with Outspoken right. specifically, um, because th that's a kind of work, like we have been doing a lot of work in the DEI space and anti-oppression. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but then we are, uh, we are most, almost a hundred percent white women in our, right. you know, in, in our companies. So um, how, like what our voice should be and um, what we should like how we should be speaking into the space, what we should be posting, what we should be offering has just like, it's just like a constant discussion. And sometimes you have to just make your choice, you know, yeah. um, and, and stand behind it. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how, like, that's kind of how we've been proceeding. Um, I also, you and I talked about this like, for, like two years ago about how it's sort of awkward. You're like, well, we want to build this like more inclusive community, but we recognize all of us kind of look the same, like, because we're all friends. Like, that's why, that's how those circles happen. And then you're like, but also, hey, this is free right now. So, and we all work for free and like we make no money. So you don't want to go to somebody yeah. and be like, hey, come work for me for free. Mm. That's awkward too. So you're like, uh. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we've been looking for like outside of the box solutions for how we can <laughs> possibly like pay folks to be part of our initiatives or where we could find grant money or like there's been a few, a few solutions, but you're right. And, and you're right that like you can't just like the expectation on women of color and people of color right now um, to do free work is just, it's a little too much. Yeah. We had a uh, Sika Henry on the podcast and I was like, how many requests are you getting? And she's like, so many, like too many. I have to turn them down. So mm -hmm. yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Credit, let's Credit just, to let's her just, and oh. to, to other athletes or other people who are willing to take that mantle. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. so much credit. Cause it's, it's emotional labor. Like yeah. I, it's, we have to, we have to understand that it, it, it takes a lot to be able to speak about it and to be available to educate us. Mm -hmm. And she got, I mean, I had to talk her through some of it, but she got some, you know, blowback in our comments. And I was like, look, like it just, it is mm -hmm. what it is. Like, you, yeah. and you know, that's, that's like, we did a story about Rach McBride a while ago and oh my God, I had to, she was getting all kinds of nasty comments and you're like, cause she oh. was speaking about that. And you're like, you're, you, it, you have to like support them and do, you know, like, cause that's a huge burden to like take on yeah. that kind of representation for a whole group of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a massive emotional burden. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. um, so you okay. know what I keep thinking? So what? let's all assume everyone's trying their best. Right. Yes. Let's start assuming that. And then yeah. also for the love of God, support and promote the things you like want to see out there in the world mm. instead of just yeah. being bad when they're not there. Right. It'll be easier yeah. to do more of these things and like more, you know, pass more like do it. Like if we come at it from a supportive, positive lens of like the things that like amplifying and echoing the things we like, instead of just being mad about the things we don't yeah. like. We, you know, our, when we did the anti-racism happy hour that was with um, Gabriela Nunez and she outlined like an anti-racism uh, framework um, from an academic point of view. And to be fair, I've also never had 
so much positive feedback on any oh, single good. thing that we've done. Um, so that was, I hope Gabby's listening. I, I should actually tell her this in person. Um, but it's, and, and, and the video after that people could watch, like I, we got a lot of, like a lot of thank yous for that as well, as well as like the pushback that, you know, it's fine. We, <laughs> you know, I stand by our, by how we rolled that out. That's awesome. See. Okay. It's, so, yeah, oh, I, w- I would say it's probably also a self-selecting group. Yeah. who's really receptive to learning absolutely. and growing that yeah. opts into a happy hour like that. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a great happy hour and it's on YouTube. If you want to watch it, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Feisty plug. Um, okay. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about uh, Kelly's mom and also Sarah's mom. Hey, Sarah, I have a riddle for you. What's refreshing, great, any time of day, and super awesome. Oh my gosh. Is it the If We Were Riding podcast? Oh no, wait. By the look on your face, it's not. It's it's noon. Yes. It's noon, isn't it? Ding, ding, ding. You got the answer. Woo. Okay, friends, seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code, note the new code, Live Feisty um, at noonlife.com. So use the code Live Feisty, E before I, at noonlife.com. We grossly, as in, in a big way, and truly want to thank our sponsor, Noon Hydration, for supporting If We Were Riding. If you love us, or even kind of like us, or maybe just like our content, you can make sure we grow through our Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash livefeisty. And also make sure you talk to us on Instagram at If We Were Riding. We love talking to people on Instagram, especially on the stories. If you want to send us a voicemail, record a voice memo on your phone and send it to Sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah with no H, me, at livefeisty.com. And remember, the I comes after the E if you're feisty. We also love reviews on iTunes and written messages from you joining the conversation. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production hosted by Sarah True and me, Sarah Gross. Our editor and producer is Taylor Mahan. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time. Like the last time, you better get ready to race in the top. I'm to do this, show you what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. So Kelly, you dropped this when we were talking uh, before the show started, that your mom got into a Twitter fight with, what was it? Fruit of the Loom? Right. You're like, yeah, speaking of people uh, having like, what, too much free time and nothing to do. I wasn't and- <laughs> going to make that connection, but since you did. <laughs> no, Sarah, they did not do her customer service right. She even made up her own hashtag, doing it wrong, and wouldn't let her return something, and so she got into her phone. Wow. I don't really have more to say about like, that. Did they talk to her? Did they talk? I think eventually. That they kept telling like- her to DM, and she was like, I did DM, and I was like... Sorry, mom. What was the original problem? She wanted to return some underwear, Sarah. What was wrong with the underwear? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I need specifics here. (laughs) 
Speaking of like uh, Triathlete because... Magazine not being that big, she's also taking to tweeting us at Triathlete Magazine, which all come to me. Like, I just <laughs> come to me. <laughs> like... You just use the, the Triathlete in, uh, account and be like, hey, mom, can you just text me this? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I miss your mom. Now she, she used to send voicemails to our podcast and now she just DMs Triathlete Magazine. Yeah, come back over here. Come back over to us. We're Kelly's mom. We're, uh... Yeah, we're, we're receptive to you, Kelly's mom. Yeah. We, want, we want your messages. <laughs> just not your complaints because, you know, we can't do what Fruit of the Loom can do for you. Yeah. You know what else she did, though, with her free time? She... Uh took the training to become a contact tracer. There you go. Nice. Yeah. We need more of those. That well done. And speaking of talented moms, Sarah, there was a, I, I didn't see, I, this was pointed out to me, so I had to go find it, but your mom plays with fire batons? Yeah. Uh, you know, just a little hobby it's on like the side. Like a side hobby? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my mom grew up in the pre-Title IX era. And when she was in school, there were very few athletic opportunities for, for girls. And she was a, um, a baton twirler, uh, became a head majorette, actually got a college scholarship uh, because of her baton twirling, wore like these go-go boots and like did fire batons and stuff. I mean, all very glamorous, but also during that era, probably, I mean, we're talking like Vietnam era and like counterculture she wasn't exactly counterculture so but it got her helped get her through college uh so last year she decided that we were going to have a family reunion this summer and she wanted to have a whole fire baton thing um you know break them out minus the go-go boots because you know she's 68 now and Obviously, with COVID, we didn't have uh, the family reunion, but we did have a little family 4th of July uh, party, and she broke out the fire batons, and it was absolutely amazing. She, she has been practicing every single day for months on end, and it was, it, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And it really definitely, like, a, it was, I'd never seen her do the fire batons. Um, I'd seen her do normal ones. Uh, I actually was a baton twirler when I was really little, but I was so bad that we had a 4th of July parade and I had to be the banner holder because I wasn't trusted. <laughs> Maybe I might have to break out the photos and see if I can find, um, yeah. So we, it was called balancing batons. And I was the banner holder because I just wasn't good enough at the baton trolling. You weren't even trusted with the regular baton, let alone no, the No, no. Oh, <laughs> nobody was doing fire batons. No, that definitely was not acceptable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So my, mom, can see, my mom's can kind of a badass. Yeah. You can see the video on Twitter. I'm assuming you went and looked at it, right? Sarah? Mm -hmm. Other Sarah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, yeah, my, my sister was very proud and, and posted it. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'll share it on my social just so, so people get get an appreciation for how yeah, badass my mom is tag tag the podcast and then we can for sure then yeah. and then everyone can everyone can see your your mom's skills yeah i did hear and i think it's valid the joke uh maybe the most interesting family in the u.s right you have like really good triathlete really good author doctors fire baton twirlers pretty interesting family 
you know, <laughs> not that. I mean, doesn't all, don't all grandmas twirl fire batons so much? <laughs> Obviously. I just thought it was a thing. <laughs> Never. I mean, she only did two fire batons. She didn't do a third. Actually, she might have. I don't remember. I need to go back and review the video. I think she only did two this time. Oh, okay. Well then, back I take in it the back. day, yeah. back in the day, she would have done three. Rescind my title. Not interesting anymore. <laughs> I, I, I think what was really nice was just appreciating because I thought about it the next day. Um, just appreciating how many more opportunities are available for female athletes. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that obviously she put just as much time and passion into twirling baton um, as I did as an athlete, you know, in high school and beyond. And she just didn't have the same opportunities that I did. So it, I think we're, we're all in this place in the country where we're thinking about all the change we have yet to make. And it, kind of keeps us from reflecting upon the changes we have made. So it was a really nice moment for me um, on Independence Day to be like, hey, mm -hmm. past few decades, there have been some gains. Yay. It's true. <laughs> Yay. It sounds like, sounds like it's a good thing that baton twirling was not your only option because it, it sounds oh. like you would not have been as successful uh, as you. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten a college scholarship to, you know, to twirl batons. That is for certain. Right. Well, kudos to your mom. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kelly, thanks for riding with us today. It was oh, really yeah. fun. Riding. Mm, that's what mm -hmm. we do here. Yeah. Do you actually ride at all anymore? Occasionally, if, if a friend <laughs> asks me to. <laughs> yeah, I thought you, should of... come, you should come back another time. And okay. we, we, want, we want better gossip. Want now better that you're gossip? in the Boulder bubble. Mm. I was trying to convince, uh, yeah, I was trying to convince them that we should just to make the site more niche because triathlon's not niche enough, turn into a triathlon gossip site. I really like think that would, TMZ, yeah. The yeah. TMZ of triathlon. I like it. Right. It would have like two dozen readers. It'd be mm. great. Perfect. <laughs> like, yeah. Imagine what your sales team's going to say about that. <laughs> like, great idea, Kelly. <laughs> There's potential. Yeah. Anyway, I thought of you the other day because I was going to test out the new Ironman virtual platform, Ruby. And I was like, oh, I should ask Sarah because she will have never tried it, have no idea how it works, but will speculate wildly about it. So. Is that me, Sarah, or her? Both either. <laughs> no, it was you. I know she's tried it. <laughs> Wait, I thought you'd done one of the Ironman pro races. No, you haven't. Mm -mm. So uh... I'm, I'm not allowed to. Oh, because you're on a Zwift. Mm -hmm. team oh yeah that, okay that makes sense actually i was wondering yeah. about that see full of gossip gossip go. gossip oh yeah there you go <laughs> yeah so there's there's a reason why a lot of um the ironman pros haven't been doing those races and that's that's a major reason ah makes sense yup would have been fun anyway yeah. all right you try it but you tried the zwift ones and those were crazy so yeah all right well Thank you everybody for listening to our podcast. It's very long for Kelly. It's very short for us. Actually, leave us feedback. We want to know if it's too short, too long, whatever. If we need more jokes, more animal stories, let us know. And please send us more reasons why you think you rock because we all need to celebrate why everybody rocks. All right. Have a great week and 
Let's see what what's my catchphrase for this week. Stay rocking. Why not? Tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.